BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The mission begins here in Normandy, France. The objective, carve out a foothold in German-held France and push Hitler's armies back to Berlin. The airborne troops are the first boots on the ground. While the rest of the invasion prepares to land on the coast, they will jump in under cover of night and start the battle behind enemy lines. That's very dramatic music from a documentary about the beginning of D-Day, but D-Day is a very dramatic moment in human history, so uh, it should be dramatic. And today's the anniversary of that, June 6th every year. It was 79 years ago, and uh, I think the biggest undertaking in world history, I suppose you could argue the moon mission but uh in terms of people and planning it's got to be d-day yeah i can't imagine the experience of parachuting in behind enemy lines in the the pitch dark knowing what was about to begin i mean god the the heroism courage and sacrifice and uh stephen ambrose's book about d-day which is absolutely fantastic i always remember his opening on that is so powerful because it's got a paratrooper involved and he does a little backstory on this guy. He was a star athlete, uh, beloved girlfriend at home, blah, blah, blah. Standout troops loved him. Leader, natural leader, everything prepared. They're flying over. Germans shoot up. Bullet goes through him, kills him before he even jumps out of the plane, which was wow. a really good way to make the point of that's the way it went for a lot of people that day. Wow. They didn't do yeah. nothing. They just died like instantly. 
where they ran away and then they died, uh, which is part of the whole thing. Well, if you Maybe. if you've seen Saving Private Ryan, you know that you know that that opening scene say. makes the same point. Maybe I'll watch that again today or a documentary. Yeah, that's a heck of a thing. Anyway, I think it's uh, quite amazing and appropriate that the world, or at least the United States, I'm, I'm sure they do in France, notes D-Day every single year. Saving Private Ryan, which lost Best Picture to Shakespeare in Love, never forget. <laughs> who, do, who am I supposed to be angry at in this scenario? Gwyneth Hollywood! Paltrow? Gwyneth Paltrow? Hollywood! <laughs> so we got into this discussion last week. We were talking about Oregon. Do all of Oregon uh, decriminalize hard drugs or just Portland or wherever it's been no, tried? Whole state, yeah. And it sure looks like it's been a disaster. And just softening the hard drug laws in general has not worked out. You got all these drug zombies and all these blue cities either sleeping in front of the doorstep of your business so you can't do business or attacking people on the streets or just soaking up social services because they're ruined their brains and are or unable. Dying at age 24. Dying at age 24 or, or, or uh, you know, from, from the taxpayer's standpoint, sucking up a heck of a lot of... Um, well, taxpayer money for all kinds of different things, just making life less enjoyable as a law-abiding, taxpayer-paying citizen. And so I was asking, because I've heard a number of my super smart libertarian friends, Charles C.W. Cook talks about this all the time, Tim Sandifer talks about it all the time, about how drugs should be legal. We should be able, as human beings, free citizens in the United States of America or on the, on the planet, be able to put anything in our body that we want to, and the government can't tell us we can't. I understand. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense to me. Except I, I don't see how it brushes up against the reality. If you have a giant chunk of the population that's willing to do that, ruins their lives, and then it's going to cost us gazillions of dollars, and we're all, and some of us are going to get our heads cracked open, or our cars broken into, or our businesses robbed by the drug zombies, I don't see how that, I don't know if they see how that works out. So this became a conversation, somebody actually posed this question to our friend Tim Sandifer, and they got into a long uh, Twitter discussion about it, and I was reading some of it yesterday. It's very long. Um, I thought this was worth pointing out. Tim uh, tweeted out that he highlighted an important part of the original part of Madison's words from Federalist 51 from the Federalist Papers. And we've read this many times. If men were angels, no government would be necessary. If angels were to govern men, neither external nor internal controls on government would be necessary. In framing a government which is to be administered by men over men, the great difficulty lies in this. You must first enable the government to control the governed, and the next place, oblige it to control itself. With Tim making the point right after that, because he highlighted everything but that first sentence, he said, My conservative friends love quoting the part I have not highlighted. That's the first sentence. If men were angels, no government would be necessary. Mm -hmm. He said, but... um, but not the rest of it, because they want to say we're all beasts who must be controlled and herded. By whom? Why, by them, of course, because they're better than we mere mortals, you see. Again, the libertarian argument is not and never has been that people are all goodness and sweetness and therefore we don't need government. The argument has always been that government is itself run by mortal, fallible, corruptible, ignorant human beings and therefore cannot be trusted to make decisions for us. As Jefferson says, sometimes it is said that a man cannot be trusted with the government of himself. Can he then be trusted with the government of others? Or have we found angels in the forms of kings to govern him? And he goes through a whole bunch of other smart people making that same argument. 
It goes on for quite a while, but uh, the back and forth starts with a couple of you smart listeners, I assume, uh, making the point that I agree with that the reality seems to be, though, that we need to have some laws around this whole drug issue because of what it's costing those of us who don't do drugs. Now, Tim ultimately gets to a point where he says, well, I don't believe in, you know, uh, uh, the rest of us paying for other people's mistakes. We shouldn't, you know, right. they have to pay the consequences for the decision they've made to be a heroin addict or a meth addict or whatever. Well, if that could happen, then I'm on board. But there ain't uh-huh. a chance that's going to happen. Exactly. I was going to say, now, if I move heaven and earth, spend all of my time and money, and 50,000 others do the same thing, and we don't move an inch toward people having to pay for their own screw-ups, then you've got to concede we need to adjust our sales and deal with that reality. So, because uh, both sides are right about the, um, you know, if men were angels and if governors were angels, blah, 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 I get that, which is why my political philosophy has always been and probably always will be, we need a limited number of rules and a limited number of referees who are extremely accountable in forcing those rules. It balances the two, obviously. Right. Well, I'm no fan of government, as any uh, longtime listener would uh, know. And I get the whole idea that they're every bit as fallible, if not more so, because they end up with power than the rest of us. But mm-hmm. we do have the ability to uh, vote them out, change the laws if we think they've gone too far or whatever. And again, I'm I'm fine with the whole people should be able to put whatever they want in their body. If they are going to pay the price for what they decide to put in their body but that's not gonna happen there's no chance that's gonna happen it reminds me of a conversation we had a number of years ago with a gent we worked with who is quite a bright fella and he uh, introduced to us the concept that those who are accountable must be responsible an example from our career would be if if our show doesn't work if it doesn't get ratings we will be fired And so we'll be held accountable. And for that reason, we have to be responsible. So we decided we will decide what this show is going to be and how we will present it. Because if we go with somebody else's idea, unless, you know, we're wowed by it and we think it's brilliant, then it becomes our idea. But if we go with somebody else's idea and we lose our jobs and our careers, well, we never even tried to do it our way. So we've been held accountable without being responsible. If the party to be held accountable, meaning who will pay the costs for an army of drug addicts in the city, are the the, uh, taxpaying citizens, if we're going to be stuck primarily with those costs, if we're accountable, then I think we have the right to be responsible and say, no, you don't get to do uh, fentanyl on the streets, live in your own filth collect government money, and commit crimes. Nope, we're responsible because you're telling us we're accountable. To be fair to Tim, I'll give you some more of his argument. So I tweeted in the midst of this long, long conversation, I jumped in and said, so our conversation last week was about places like Oregon where they've legalized hard drugs and now they're overrun by drug zombies. What's the libertarian cure for this? Tim's reply, as a libertarian, is to get out there and roll up one's sleeves and help people. Some folks sneer at this answer and call it unrealistic and say government should do something. And how do they propose that government do this? Why it should get some folks out there to roll up their sleeves and help people. Or I suppose we could throw people in cages or shoot them for buying, selling, and using. I guess that's worked great for 45 years. 
Uh, that would be the whole drug war has been a failure thing. It seems mm-hmm. to have worked better than what's going on now in all the blue cities, to my eye. He would argue, but you've traded way too much government power and denial of liberty for that incremental gain, I have a feeling. Uh, I happen to like the plan that was presented recently by a bunch of officials in California that there's no jail term unless you get caught for like the third time and refuse any treatment or help. And then we're going to throw you in a cage because you're you're screwing up society. I'll just read two more, which I think makes the whole point. So smart okay. smart person replies to Tim on that. But when the government is the one providing resources that allow them to survive off the kindness of the taxpayers, how do we roll up our sleeves while also cutting off the support that allows that lifestyle without consequences? Tim's reply. Well well put. Yeah, yeah, it was. That's what I said. Smart people were involved in this conversation. That's why I stayed out of it for the most part. Uh, Tim replied, yep, you cannot, in all caps, have freedom if you aren't willing to let people suffer the consequences of their own bad choices. It's literally not possible. Well, that's where the rubber meets the road to me, because that just ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And in the meantime, I'm not okay with drug zombies walking my streets, threatening my children, stealing my stuff, having my friends' businesses go under because they're sleeping in front of the doorway. I'm not cool with that. Yeah. So how about you do the other end first? You have the government um, uh, stay out of their consequences. Then I'll get fully on board with people can take whatever drug they want. I would absolutely be on. I have. I really do have no problem with somebody sitting in their apartment taking heroin until all the dreams come true if I don't have to pay for any of those decisions. And I salute your maturity and not bringing up people pooping all over the place, too. <laughs> well done. Quick word from so our what friends. Was, what was that? And, you bringing it up, then? What was that? Was that a... Well, I'm just giving credit where it's due. Thank <laughs> you for not bringing up the pooping. <laughs> A word from our friends at Consumer Cellular. Everybody's looking for budget-friendly options these days in this time of exhausting inflation. Take a look at what you're spending on your cell phone service. Seriously, take a look at the bill. You probably got it on auto pay. It's expensive, and it doesn't have to be. Yep, a wireless service with everything you need, but up to half of your regular wireless bill. Consumer Cellular has budget-friendly plans starting at just $20 a month. No contracts, no overage fees, free activation. You can even keep your old phone number. Plus, Consumer Cellular has all the top-of-the-line smartphones from leading manufacturers like Samsung, Motorola, and the latest iPhones. Here's my favorite sentence I want to get in there. Their award-winning customer support is 100% based right here in the United States. Love that. Pick up your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say the keyword morning show. For $25 off, you'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dial text message from Consumer Cellular. That's right, dial pound 250. And say the keyword morning show for $25 off. Um, if you'd like to uh, get in that conversation, you can either text us or I almost said call. God dang it. What Good happened? Lord. Wash Don't my, do that. Wash my mouth out with soap. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Love to continue this conversation, not only because it's important to this particular topic and it's top of mind for anybody in an urban area, but because it's a great um, you know, push and pull of the forces that have formed our society, a free society, it's progressive thinking, liberty, freedom combined with responsibility and need to have a livable community. Cool. Uh, TikTok's in the news. James Comey's in the news. Bunch of stuff on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, 
and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the fabulous Astrid Gilberto singing The Girl from Ipanema, a giant hit record that's frequently featured in stage and movie. She was married to Jao Gilberto, and I'm certain that's not how you pronounce his name, the father of Bossa Nova. She's also the gal who brought us that bim bom bim bom song that we sometimes use as bumper music. Why, why is this song so catchy? Oh, she has passed. Did I mention that? No. I don't know. It's a great melody. He didn't give us any time to grieve her in. Yeah, yeah but I it's, didn't. it's I'm sorry. some some melodies though, or grooves or whatever. They're just like they're 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 so infectious. It's amazing when you stumble upon one. Get back to the hook, baby. I mean, it's hard not Come to on. be humming this the rest of the day. Here we go. This is the part you'll be humming later today. Similar to um, last night, we were laying in bed and have to turn this off for me to be able to do this because it's a different melody. Um, laying in bed and Henry said, "I got a song stuck in my head. It's dun 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 dun." I said, "It's the hustle. The hustle is what it is." He said, "Oh, Holy that's what cow. it is." And so I do brought the hustle. <laughs> and it's similar sort of thing, just like it just. It's it's hard to believe it didn't always exist throughout time before human beings even were even on Earth, right? <laughs> it's just one of those sounds or melodies or whatever. 
Wow, what so an interesting catchy. notion. Those melodies have always existed. We just had to find them. Some songwriters believe that. Yeah, they're just out there in space, and we just grab them, pull them in. That's songwriters who do too many drugs. <laughs> the great Astrid Gilberto has passed. Well, they come in threes, so who died the other day? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not indulging that nonsense. <laughs> This is a rational show. Rational. Is it? You, you, you're going to tell me that you don't think celebrities die in groups of three? No, I don't. I really don't. No. <laughs> I've always found that notion just hilarious. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> oh, boy. We ought to get to the, the towering hypocrisy of the towering lawman Jim Comey at some point. Yeah, uh, he's annoying. Um, now he wears a turtleneck because he gets a book out and he fancies himself an author. He wrote some fiction, so now he's wearing a turtleneck and it's just, ah, really too much to take. Um, speaking of too much to take, I see Prince Harry has made some more quotes that people are uh, repeating and I'm not going to about something about the royal family or something that happened or whatever. Please, please get shot into space or something, you two. Good well, he's God. in the courtroom. They've got a giant uh, series of suits going on against the British tabloids, so that's where those quotes are coming from. He's suing, he and his wife are suing the British tabloids? Yeah, they they did all sorts of stuff. They surveilled him, they followed him, they hacked into his phone. This all happened like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. But it's finally reaching trial for some reason. Is this? But I don't want to hear about so it. I the, certainly join you in that. Are these quotes more of his effort to get privacy and have people leaving him alone? Yeah. These quotes about the royal family? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. He'll be doing a 50-city tour begging for privacy coming up this summer. <laughs> Yes, that's mocked in South Park. If you haven't seen that episode, it's worth a look. Please give us our privacy! He shouts to the bullhorn sitting on top of our uh, house. Uh, we are going to talk to one of our favorite military guys, Jeff McCausen, about the Ukrainian counteroffensive. What's going on? Has it actually started? All on the way. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A big dam got blown up in Ukraine. Russia controlled Ukraine, but it was the river that a lot of people were suspecting the Ukrainians were going to try to cross as part of their counteroffensive, which is going to be very difficult to cross now. Russians are blaming the Ukrainians. Ukrainians are blaming the Russians. Who knows? Uh, Russia put out a video yesterday showing their military, or so they claim, doing devastating damage to Ukrainians and saying the counteroffensive is underway. Nobody really seems to know for certain what's going on. So many interesting developments, including the one we were talking about last hour involving uh, Prigozhin and uh, the Russian uh, armed forces proper. A uh, lot to talk about with Dr. Jeff McCausland, CBS News military consultant, founder and CEO of Diamond Six Leadership and Strategy, LLC. Jeff, it's always a pleasure. How are you? Doing very well, gentlemen. I'm on the Gettysburg battlefield today, coincidentally, with a bunch of educators in the great state of California. Oh, that's fantastic. Good for you. I, yeah. I love that. I can't wait to go back. Yeah, and we're going to ask you about... Uh, You're going to come back uh, as my guest sometime. Oh. No, We'd be delighted, yeah, sir. That sounds fantastic. And we're going to ask you about D-Day okay. a little bit later, but first on Ukraine. So is the giant NATO-backed, NATO-trained counteroffensive actually begun? Well, it's a little unclear, and obviously what we're seeing right now, and you kind of described it well at the top, is what I would call the fog of war. On the one hand, the Russians claiming that offensive is underway and that they've blunted it. On the other hand, Ukrainians either being very tight-mouthed about it or saying it has not occurred. 
that's a little unclear. At a minimum, we have seen the Ukrainians conducting what I call shaping operations for quite some time. That's both operationally in terms of positioning forces, trying to strike Russian command and control, logistical supply lines, ammunition, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and at a minimum, I think now conducting what I would call reconnaissance force operations to try to identify where there might be weak spots in the Russian defense that they're going to then conduct their main attack and try to exploit that. So at this time, it's kind of that fog of war as we see how this unrolls. But we do know, in fact, that the Ukrainians are going to be conducting a counteroffensive, if not now, in the very, very near future. So I was reading the Washington Post uh, coverage of this over the weekend and how the Ukrainians are going into this counteroffensive whenever it starts with you know some of the most up-to-date modern American tactics that exist after a whole bunch of training. Does that sound accurate to you? That's exactly right, and I think we're going to see how well they can integrate all of the different weaponry, because that's what really combined arms operations is all about, how well I can integrate maneuver of tanks, maneuver of infantry, fighting vehicles, maneuver close air support, helicopters perhaps, uh, uh, air defense umbrella, electronic warfare, and also integrate the resupply that's got to be continuous. And as the offensive is successful, obviously, that resupply problem actually gets more complicated because the lines get longer and longer. So the training they've done as units, in many ways, I would argue, is equal or greater importance than the particular pieces of equipment they've got for them to achieve that kind of synergy, which is key and essential if they're going to be successful. Wow, that's interesting. So what's your take on the loss of that dam? How significant is that? Well, again, it's unclear how significant that is. But we've uh, heard rumors for quite some time. The Ukrainians actually have talked for some time about the possibility of the Russians doing this um, because they might well see it as an effort to divert attention away from what's going on with the offensive. It also may attempt to interrupt some of those resupply lines the Ukrainians have moving into the southeast part of the country. So it's obviously to the Russians' advantage to destroy that dam and flood that particular area. The Ukrainians have pointed that out far in advance. And obviously, the dam was in Ukraine or in Russian-controlled territory. So though both sides are claiming the other side did it, it seems to me if you do an assessment of, A, who controlled the area, and B, who, who benefits from it right now, it would obviously be the, be the Russians. And it's clearly, uh, uh, to me as well, not inconsistent with what they've done for some time, and that is striking the Ukrainian population. You know, 17 out of 31 days in the month of May, Ukrainian or Russian, uh, I should say, missiles and drones struck Ukrainian cities, most against civilian areas of the population. So I've seen a number of analysts say it's going to be a bloody couple of months. Zelensky even told the Wall Street Journal himself over the weekend that a lot of Ukrainians are going to die in this counteroffensive, so they need to be prepared. Do you think that's true, and do you expect this to be successful? Sadly, I think that is probably true. But again, you know, it's very difficult to calculate how successful a particular offensive is going to be. I mean, I was part of the invasion of Iraq back in 1990-91. I remember my, my immediate commander, regimental commander, telling me they predicted that we would take 80% casualties. Well, clearly we didn't take 80% wow. casualties. And the attack moved on a lot more quickly than any of us anticipated. So you can be very successful. However, objectively, if you look at the forces on the ground, you look at the defenses the Russians have constructed, it might well be a very, very heavy, long slog. And we saw another example, perhaps, if you go back 
you know, 79 years and went ashore at D-Day. You know, on the very first day of the fighting at D-Day, we had over 2,500 Americans killed, wounded, and missing, just taking, you know, those particular beaches at the onset. So it could go either way. I think really the thing you can't calculate right now is how will Russian forces react? How will they react? They fight really hard. Could be a slog. If Russian forces are demoralized, which it may well be in certain areas, they might collapse, and you might see the Ukrainian offensive move along quickly. We're talking to CBS News military consultant uh, Jeff McCausland. Jeff, one more question, if you have a minute. Uh, We were discussing earlier in the show the open, well, perhaps not literal warfare, uh, but conflict between the Wagner Group and their leader, Prigozhin, and the Russian armed forces proper and how insolent uh, Prigozhin's been. And we're just wondering, and love to hear your opinion, is Prigozhin doing that with the permission of Putin, with the cooperation of Putin, or do you think he's just uh, flouting his uh, his strength because Putin no- needs him so badly and his effective fighting force? Actually, it could be either of those things. I mean, I think he is doing it at least with the tacit approval of Putin, if not the active approval of Putin. Otherwise, this kind of uh, this kind of antics could be non-habit forming, and we've seen a number of senior Russians suddenly fall out of hospital windows over the last few months. Uh, but clearly, I think what he's trying to do is position himself for what comes next. And he's been very outspoken in being critical of the Russian military leadership, of the, of the Minister of Defense, uh, Shoigu, the chief of the general staff, General Garasimov, even claimed that as he was withdrawing the Wagner group out of Bakhmut, that they were putting landmines and, and anti-vehicular mines behind his forces to injure the Wagner forces. This is amazing in the middle of a war that you have this going on. It also is indicative of something else that's going on, I think, in Russia, and that is we really have, you know, sort of reminiscent of warlordism because Prigozhin commands the Wagner Group. Well, they were, there were 50,000 or more people in the Wagner Group. About 30,000 were casualties in his fighting around Bakhmut. But this is not like the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers with a, you know, a can of bear spray. Uh, these are well-organized units with tanks, with armored personnel carriers, automatic weapons. This is a real force to be reckoned with. And we have several forces like that in Russia. <clears throat> By some count, there's up to a dozen or more private armies in Russia. Kadyrov, the Chechen, has his own private army. Shoigu has his own private army. And so this, if things were to suddenly go very badly in Russia, either militarily or economically, you had a lot of social unrest. The presence of these paramilitary organizations, whose only response is to an individual warlord, could make for a very, very, very chaotic situation. Wow! In a country with the most nuclear weapons of any country on Earth, that's a that's a heck of a story. So, um, on this June sixth, do you have a favorite book or movie or documentary that you like about D Day? Well, you can't do any better than the movie "The Longest Day" uh, in terms of watching a film about the the landings uh, at Normandy and, and the air insertion, and really covers it in a very comprehensive fashion. Um, but, you know, I've walked those beaches. I've been to Pond Hawk. I've went to where the airborne forces went into. You know, it always reminds me, and we're going to see that played out in Ukraine. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the Ukrainians may have selected the 6th of June, 2023, to begin this counteroffensive. But think about it from the standpoint of information. What was D-Day all about? It was allied forces, democracies going ashore, to wrest control of an area that had been seized and occupied 
by a ruthless authoritarian regime. Well, what is Ukraine doing if not trying to wrest territory that has been seized by a ruthless authoritarian regime back to its country, supported by democratic countries? So I think this is more than irony. I think this might be something the Ukrainians planned on informationally. And last but not least, of course, people will ask me, and they've done it today already, you know, what gets guys to do that? You know, gets the guys to walk from that landing ship through water, under fire, shoulder, what gets them to do that? <clears throat> Patriotism, the flag, star-spangled banner, those are all very important. But ultimately, it's the guy on your left and your right, and they've never let me down. I'm not going to let them down. And the cohesion and motivation of the individual soldier is what makes organizations successful. Napoleon yep. Bonaparte many years ago, said the moral of the physical is three is to one. That's being played out in Ukraine right now. Jeff McCausland, CBS News military consultant from the consecrated ground of the Gettysburg uh, battlefield. Jeff, thanks so much for taking a few minutes. Great to talk to you. My pleasure. That's some interesting stuff about the different uh, warlord-type militaries you got going on in Russia. Oh, my gosh, that is under-discussed. He's so right. I'd say that's under-discussed. So the world escaped the horror of the Soviet Union coming apart. Everybody thought it would be a a struggle between various parts of Russia or various military leaders or whatever, and who's going to be controlling that nuclear arsenal and everything like that. But it didn't happen. Maybe 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 we're still going to live through that. Really? Something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say that's an under-discussed part of it. Holy cow. A dozen significant private armies operating in Russia. Right. Holy crap. And uh, and if if it, if the counteroffensive really works, there's going to be a lot of people blaming Putin, and he is not going to look like the future of Russia, I think, to a Do lot of Do we see those. open warfare between the Wagner group and the, the Russian forces? Wow. Woo-wee! Welcome Yikes. to the spicy times. Oh. Uh, much more on the way. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and... Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota let's go 
places. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Boy, has to be Joe Biden. And and I'm glad he's willing to serve. It has to be somebody committed to the rule of law, committed to the values of this country. That is comedian James Comey talking about the rule of law and putting principle above personal beliefs. Absolutely hilarious. Perhaps somebody can gift him with a copy of the Durham Report, which outlines at length the repeated failures, dishonesty, and just law-breaking in the FBI during the whole crossfire hurricane thing. Yeah. Him going around in his turtleneck lecturing the rest of us about ethics. Are you freaking kidding me? He is the most self-satisfied person I've ever come across. He might be the most self-satisfied person on earth. Yeah. Wow. Hard, hard to say. I don't know how you measure that sort of thing. But uh, so I, I came across this article. I was so excited and became so disappointed. Now I'm going to disappoint you. The headline is, <laughs> what, what cracked up medieval peasants? The answer, by the way, is killer bunnies and poop jokes, evidently. They discovered and translated uh, um, an English uh, minstrel. His, he did like a comedy show in taverns. His notes. Where are you all from? Like, <laughs> the next village? Yeah, me too. <laughs> exactly. So they have pages and pages of uh, his his notebook, known as the Heeg Manuscript, Um. That that has everything, all of his notes, including like audience interaction. Medieval uh, comedian. Ask people where they from. <laughs> a medieval comedian in a tavern has got to be a great premise for a lot of really funny people. Who here's got sores? Show of hands. <laughs> How about that king? Boo! Oh, careful now! Oh, oh you in the front row. This guy's got two teeth. We hate him, don't we? <laughs> so it's the year fourteen eighty. And this wandering English bard goes into a bar, he, he does his act, he gets tips, he goes on to the next uh, town. And, um, whoops, no, oh no. Seriously? Wait a minute, stay on page. Stop it! Oh, I despise this. There it is. Okay, sorry. My computer decides to reset something or other as we're talking. Anyway, so it's 1480, he's wandering around, these are his notes. Um... A series of irreverent jokes about incontinence, killer rabbits, and binge drinking were a big part of the act, which which is so funny, you know, so today. Human nature does not change. But I, I was so curious to get into the specifics of the wording. 
and and to be actually able to bring you the jokes but they're so mystifying and they're so context uh, dependent um that that they w- wouldn't even make any sense to you uh, let me see if i can find one of them uh da, da, da. jack wade was never so sad as when the hair trod on his head in case she would have ripped out his throat <laughs> Reminiscent of the killer bunny scene, of course, from Monty Python in the Holy Grail. And then the one about uh, incontinence, right? We can all make poop jokes, right? Here's the actual riff. Uh, A man becomes haunted by incontinence after receiving a blow to his backside. Here's the wording. Therefore, soon he was hit on the back. Forever after, his bottom said, quack, whenever he should rise to walk. People matter. Let me try one more. It's about uh, drinking. If you have a big tanker in your hand and it's full of good ale and you leave any beer inside, you're putting your soul at great risk. These men said in the Bible that someone who's bad at drinking is not likely to go to heaven. <laughs> oh. <Ugh. laughs> God, it's hard to imagine what the worldview would be like back then. I mean, because what is what is life expectancy back then? Like twenty six? Yeah, something like that. It's another story about a gluttonous king, but it makes less sense than the other ones. But evidently, it killed back in merry old England. You know, when you've had too much mead and you can't keep from pooping yourself, huh? Who's with me? Big guy in the front row knows what I'm talking about, don't you, sir? <laughs> you know your way around a lamb shop, I can see. <laughs> anyway, it appears that the concept of a killer bunny, though, is ancient. The the soft and harmless and oft-hunted and skinned creature turning on mankind is a thing. Although, what are those giant rabbits? That you see on the internet now and again. I can't remember the breed, but those can get aggressive and, and scare the hell out of you, from what I understand. Do you think but, those people like living in a village in 1480 were surprisingly happy? You talk about human nature doesn't change, and we've talked about psychologic studies. I mean, you're, you kind of have a set point of happiness, and you kind of are like that happy, regardless of your circumstances, for the most part. Yeah, good days um, and bad days, but you generally get back to your your median point. So right. would the so would the average person back then just been as happy as you are, even though you know there's all kinds of disease and pains you can't take care of, and your teeth are rotting right. out of your head, and you got to work all day long uh, just to survive. But they'd be just as happy as you are because that's just the way we're built. Well, and if you wander out of your town at night, you probably get your head split open and all your stuff taken because mm-hmm. uh, crime was rampant, highwaymen, etc. You know, maybe it was just my, uh, my, my delivery. Let me try this again. <laughs> Therefore, soon he was hit on the back. Forever after, his bottom said, quack, whenever he should rise to walk. <laughs> Can you imagine, folks? <laughs> his bottom quacking and everything. <laughs> Uh, let's pass the hat now. You've been a great audience. But you probably had to be pretty careful about anything getting close to religion or God, right? Yeah, actually, they mentioned a couple. There's one uh, mock sermon that ridicules the priesthood, which they say was pretty edgy. That yeah. was part of that, you know, God wants you to finish your beer thing. Ooh, and, working blue. Well, and they would also uh, mock the local nobleman a little bit. <laughs> How about old uh, Prince uh, Jim over here? <laughs> I tell you what, I'll tell you what I hear about him. You had to be careful. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that was, you know, uh, you know, taking down the the powerful was part of comedy then. Is now, God, of course, I think, it was. I think I got a new uh, new goal for my time machine. If I'm ever in a time machine, it's to go to that tavern on some evening and watch the comedy routine and the reactions. God, that would be fascinating. Oh, are you kidding? What an amazing thought. Yeah. Uh, we do four hours every day. If you miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.